0: Welcome to the Top Business Leaders podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. to welcome our guest today, Mark Hunter, the author of High Profit Prospecting. Hey, thank you for having me on today.
1: And you know, it's funny uh, with the last name Hunter, and that is my real last name because the name I really go by is the sales hunter. And I think that it was amazing how that really transformed my business when I became known as the sales hunter. But let's bring it back to a little bit of an intro. (laughs) What is it that I get to do? I get to really travel the world sharing my story of sales and helping people find and retain better prospects. And I really was able to create that through the books I've read, And I've got another book coming out, Spring of 2020, A Mind for Sales. See, I always got to be talking about books because I'm, I'm, I'm in sales. Mm-hmm. My background is in sales. And everything I do is from top of the funnel. I put a tremendous amount out on YouTube, LinkedIn, all the social media channels, which has really allowed me to create a bigger brand. And probably the biggest thing I'm probably known for is an event I put on each spring, each May called Outbound. Myself and three peers who are now going to be running the fourth one this coming spring, we'll have over a thousand people there. Last year we had 17 countries in the house. So
0: so that's a little bit of
1: what I do. But hey, follow along. Listen in,
0: you'll learn more. Great, thanks. And we'll have links to all of your books and your website and your uh, conference as well at the end of our talk. And we'll have them on the show notes as well so people can find out more information. So Mark, why did you decide to write your first book and how has it helped you?
1: Well, my first book, I've written two books myself and I've got a third book coming out. It has really allowed me to establish a tremendous amount of credibility. That's the biggest piece. You know, people, when you put something into book form, that's more than a blog. It's more than a video that really gives you credibility. I think that's the biggest piece that helped my business. I probably uh, was a little bit late to the party in writing. My book. I probably should have written my first book much earlier than I did, but I was scared. I was, Oh, how can I do this? How can I do this? And, You have to, once you have the story, once you have the message, you got to leap forward. you got to run with it. And the sooner you run with it, the sooner you begin building your platform. But you have to build it off of a book.
0: And how have you leveraged that book to get more business?
1: Well, the book has really been a critical piece because this gives me a talking point. The book becomes my business card. And I use a traditional publisher. You know, there's multiple forms of publishing. And I use a traditional publisher, which means I don't get my books cheap. But here's what I find. Even if I have to pay $15 $15 a copy to give to somebody, it's still worth it because if they hire me to keynote speak, that's a pretty good ROI. If they hire me to come in and do consulting, that's a pretty good ROI. The book becomes your calling card. But here's the biggest thing. This is where I really find is when somebody calls me up and says, Mark, I found your book you know, found your book, maybe online, they may have found it in a bookstore, whatever. I like it. And I want to talk to you more about how you can help me or my company. That's the piece. It becomes the number one sales tool. I always say I don't make money from my book. I make money because of my book. And that's why I can't write new books fast enough. Because the amount of money I'm able to make because of the book.
0: Well, that's an interesting point. You, you have two books, you're writing a third. Uh, a lot of my clients are wondering, where do you find the time to write books? They, they, they can't find time to write the first book. How do you, and you have a busy speaking (laughs) schedule and and travel schedule. How do you manage your time to write a book and how do you think of ideas for your next books? Two questions.
1: Well, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to, my first book took me probably about nine months to get done. Mm -hmm. And I only got it done literally the day before it was due to the publisher. And it was because I had nine months and well, okay, I'm going to write 200 words a day. I'm going to write hundred. And here's what I found. Now, again, everybody's got to adopt their own style. My style is I'm going to sit down and I'm going to crush it. I wrote my second book and I wrote my third book in about three weeks. Wow! Just literally just going boom. Now here's why I like it. Here's why it worked for me. One, I don't lose the train of thought. I build my outline and then I just go and I go and I go. And what what's very interesting is my first book, well, I wrote this chapter. Then I skipped to this chapter. Then I, oh, stupid. You go front to end because that's how people are going to read it. And when you write it quickly, and when I mean quickly, I mean, I'm just, I'm going through it. And then I'm coming back and I'm reworking and, and I, and I, and I. Do not hesitate to use good editors, and this is where, you know, this is the role you play, Dan, in terms of really helping people synthesize. Because it's so easy for us to, to write a story as we see it, and then somebody else reads and go that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. That's why you have to have, I don't want to say outside voices, you have to have outside pens, people with pens who will mark up, your, mark up the manuscript and help you craft that story because that's what's so key. Um, But my whole intention is to get it baked, get it baked quickly.
0: Great. Mark, I was reading your book and there's a lot of great information in the book. And I know that there are a lot of people who are saying, do I give away all my good stuff or do I hold it back? Or if I give away all my good stuff, then why do they need to hire me? You've given away lots and lots of good stuff. There are scripts, there are samples, there are case studies. There's there wonderful material here. It's, 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 it's a great resource. Why would someone go back and hire you? What was your strategy there?
1: Here's what I found. Two things. A people will buy the book because uh, on a recommendation. We got to buy this book because there's all this stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So you buy it. But let's not kid ourselves. I hate to say it. Probably I don't know. You probably know the statistic, but 60, 70 percent of all books purchased never get read. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? right. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately. But okay, that still creates a book sale. That's uh, that's a good book. That's a good book. Okay, I, I gotta I gotta Google the author. I gotta follow the author. See, so even if they don't read the book, I chances are I'll wind up with somebody who follows me on social media or they download other things they get introduced to me but but here's the bigger piece people will read the scripts and i've got telephone scripts and i got voicemail scripts i have email i have all that sort of stuff but then you say wow now i need help implementing it and what i've found is you know if you think about this you can go out on youtube and learn anything you want but it's never in the exact order that you need it to go forward with and that's mm-hmm. why you buy a course. See, that's why you buy a book. But then you buy a book and you go, well, wait a minute. I got I to gotta speed this up. I got to speed this up. And so it, it's amazing. I can give away everything I want in my book, and I do. In my next book, I have you know 10 lists. I have all these different things in there that exactly what to do. But I know people will call me and say, Mark, can you come in and show our company how to do this? And, and, and you kind of feel like saying, buy the book, but you know what? They did buy the book, and they still say, come in and help. And I go, that's how I make money, because of the book.
0: Well, that's great. I'm sure that will help a lot of people get over that hump of deciding how much to include. In fact, just the other day, I was listening to the TED Radio Hour on NPR, and they were talking about uh, how people watch videos and think that they can do what the video showed them to do. Uh, A university professor did a study and people found that they couldn't do what they thought they thought they could do just because they watched the video. And I know that just by watching guitar uh, videos on YouTube. Gee, that looks pretty simple. I can do that. (laughs) And and 20 minutes later, I'm still trying to figure out where my fingers go. So it certainly helps to have a teacher mentor come in and actually watch over your shoulder and make sure you're doing it right. That is so huge uh, because,
1: you know, you read the book and it sounds so simple. You know, it's, you know, it's like the recipe. I mean, or you watch a cooking show and you go, wow, this looks so simple. And then you try to do it. And I'm like, wow, this doesn't turn out. And so it, it's give away a good friend of mine, a, a person who, who really helped me a lot, Jill Conrad. She has a line. She says, treat your prospects as if they were a customer. And when you write a book, think about that. Your readers are kind of prospects.
0: Treat them like customers give them
1: everything.
0: Great. Now, you're one of the lucky people who actually has a publisher as opposed to self-publishing. And I don't know if that's lucky or not lucky or, or good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I'm sure people are wondering, you know, what? why would you want to go to a traditional publisher today when you can keep more of the money and have more control over the book and have it come out faster if you self-publish?
1: Oh, I struggle with this. Every contract I sign for the new book, I always go through this analysis. Do I self-publish or do I publish? Because the industry is changing dramatically. I had a gentleman who called me the other day, and he just finished up a three-book contract with a traditional publisher. And he said he was about to negotiate a five-book contract. And I said, don't, don't. At the most, you negotiate one book at a time because the industry is changing so fast. And we don't know what the traditional publishing houses are going to be like a year from now, two years from now. And so you don't want to get locked in. There's huge advantages on both sides. Now, for me, I speak to the corporate world. This is my predominant audience. So for me, and when I get uh, booked through speaker bureaus and so forth, they look for authors of traditionally published books. My Mm. My publisher has now been purchased by a HarperCollins leadership. Well, HarperCollins is a pretty good publishing house. The, and, and that takes me to, to probably the final piece. And, and this is a piece that, that you do a great job of helping people with, this whole editing problem. How many times have you been given a copy of somebody's self-published book? And they go, wow, this is such a great book. And you read it and go, oh, this, this is pathetic. <laughs> because the editor they had was their sister or their brother, mm-hmm. some relative. You know what's interesting? You want to have an editor that is willing to push back on it. That's what's so key, and that's what I like about hiring a traditional, having a traditional publishing house, and it, because their editor works for the publisher, not for me. So guess what? They don't hesitate to call out stink when it stinks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, and I, and I think that that's the big difference. That's why the biggest mistake I think people make when they self-publish is they put too much self into the self-publish just because you (laughs) self-publish, right? Right. Just because you self-publish does not mean it's a self project. You have to have a team. You must have a team.
0: Yeah, I I get first drafts from people. That seems to be where my sweet spot is. People write their first draft and they say, I don't know how to make it any better. And they show it to me. And in one case, one gentleman uh, is an expert on selling to the government. And uh, it was a very dry book, it was full of government full of uh, bureaucrats, full of Defense Department and there are no stories. And I said, you know, tell me about yourself. What have you done? I said, well, I was a commander on a ship. I said, what do you, commander? What does a commander do? Oh, he's the top man. He runs the whole ship. I said, you ran a battleship. I said, yeah. I was like, I think that should be in the book, don't you think? Yeah. And he did. I said, well, tell me about some of your. Workings with Congress. You know, you did you go on any trips with these congressmen overseas? He said, yeah, I did that. So well, what any congressman, any any people I've heard of? And he said, yeah, I'm John McCain. And I said, John McCain. It's <laughs> like, wow, like, wow, yeah. So suddenly, he now had two anecdotes in his book that show him to be an extremely credible person who plays at the highest levels of government and. Uh, you know, it turned the whole book around and made it readable. And that's that's just a small part of what I do. But most people don't include stories or they, they don't see their own blinders. And that's what an outside they, editor can do.
1: Yeah. You've got to take the self out of self-publishing. I mean, you know, self-publish. But this is the thing, having you, having outside voices involved. Because it, it is amazing. We, we, we see our lives through our own, you know, and and that's not how other people see us. And here's the piece that you really have to think. At the end of the day, we do want to provide education in any book, but you're also going to provide entertainment. You have to create, and I hate to say it, but an emotional experience that pulls you in. You know, If you think about it, you read a John Grisham novel. What is John Grisham doing? He's painting a picture that pulls you in.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Even when we're writing the driest business book, We still have to pull people in because otherwise they read one chapter and they let it go. And we never get we never get the full value of being able to help them.
0: Right. Mark, there are about 20 billion and one books on sales. A lot of my clients say, someone's already written a book about this topic. Why would I write? Why would anyone read my book? How do I how do I separate my book? How do I make it stand out? You're in a very there's no more field more competitive than sales. How do you decide what to write about and how do you make it different than everything else that's out there?
1: Thanks. You just made me really depressed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're the one with the publishing (laughs) contracts. Everyone else is kissing your feet.
1: It is a cluttered field, and that's the reason I love it so much, mm-hmm. because I want my own voice. and This comes back to the comment that you made to this person who wrote the, the government book. When you bring your own voice to the table, you bring your own stories, you share your own piece. In my next book, the whole f- first chapter is on how I got into sales and how I was a disaster. And, and I talk about personal stories throughout the book, because, again, you got to pull people in. You're telling your story in a way they can relate to. One of the, one of the uh, best examples of a sales book is when you can paint a picture that people may feel is aspirational at the front of the book. And then over the course of the book, you show them how they can achieve that aspiration. And when you do that, wow, you know what? You've delivered a pretty good product. So I always say, Oh, let, let, let me, let me add another piece.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, again, my, my mind is going, Oh, squirrel, squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's the whole thing. Sales is just as broad as, as business. But if you notice high profit prospecting, what does it deal with? It deals with prospecting. You really, when you choose a subject to go with, the more you can niche it and micro niche. And when I talk about prospecting, it really is written prospecting business to business. It's really written prospecting business to business with a longer sales cycle. It's really written prop it's really written prospecting, business to business, longer sales cycle in a service mode. You see, what I'm doing is I continually niche, niche, niche the content. And when you do that, as the reader goes through it, they really begin to view you as an expert.
0: And that's what gets the phone to ring. Great. What do you know now about writing a book that you wish you knew when you first started? As
1: difficult as it is to write a book, it's even harder to sell it. And hmm. those tasks are totally related. You know, it's interesting. My father, my father was in politics And he said there's two completely different parts of the job. One is running for office, and the other is holding office. (laughs) And I think to a certain degree, the same thing applies in writing a book. Writing a book is hard, but you know what? I don't care how good the book is. Unless people read it, it's not a good book. And we have to put as much focus, if not more focus, into selling the books, as we do writing. There's the, there's the term vanity press. You know, it's people where are, I've had this goal, I want to write this book, I want to write this book, and and nothing happened. It just died.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What I want to do is, I want to write a book, but then sell it. That's how I help people.
0: Great. Do you do any outbound marketing of your book to get speaking or consulting
1: Yes, we do a tremendous amount. I tie in YouTube videos, I tie in LinkedIn blog posts, I do email lists, I, I do everything possible. And, you know, my next book is coming out in just a little little over four months. And we're just about one week away from starting the machine. That's right, four months before release date of the book. But we we ramp it up very hard and we keep it going for about 18 to 24 months after the book is out there in other words you can never stop selling and talking about your book there's so many components to it and 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 that's what so many I, i think authors don't do a good job of and that's you know you really have to market the book and you you can never stop marketing the book
0: yeah, you, know, you know, I tell my clients that you can go to any Barnes and Noble store and look on the right hand side and they have the section of books that are marked down to 99 cents. And every famous celebrity you ever heard of, from Barack Obama to Oprah Winfrey to people who have television shows and movie actors, people who have the biggest platforms in the world. The minute they stop marketing the book is the minute the book dies. So I know you can't give us the entire book marketing plan that goes on for 18 or 24 months here, but four months out. What do you do four months out? Just tell us that little bit yeah, of it, sure. please.
1: What I'm doing is I, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to announce the start of a mind for sales, the title of my next book, Community. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a Facebook community. And the idea is that I will start dripping content. And I'm going to, my goal is to bring 500 people into my community. And the idea is you can join the community. And I'm going to have some swag that you'll receive. If you're willing to talk about the book when it comes out and give me an Amazon post, a Barnes and Noble, you know, uh, review, you know, get me reviews, get me. In other words, I'm going to make you part of the community. I'm also going to start dripping out pieces of the book out on LinkedIn in terms mm-hmm. of LinkedIn posts. I'm going to be tweeting about it. I'm going to be now. I'm not doing a call to action in terms of getting people to buy it because I want to focus that purchase cycle. Starting about 45 days before the release date. Release date is right now March 31st, so we're kind of kind of going kind to of, you know <laughs> kind of wait until about the middle of February, and then and then we'll begin moving pretty strongly. So it's it's just you just slowly start gearing it up. I'm also going to be identifying what are the 100 podcasts I want to appear on, not 10 but 100. And here's what I found with my first books. Don't rule out the obscure small podcast. I've been on some very small podcasts and some very small AM radio stations. and it's amazing the loyalty of their audiences. Mm. It's amazing, even much more so than big podcasts, big events. So I, I very much uh, so I'm, so I'm identifying the top 100 podcasts. I'm identifying all of the bloggers out there. i'm I'm supporting other people right now in their book launches. I don't hesitate to 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 help them with their book launches. In other words, it, it really if, if if you if you and again, my father was in politics for years. So again, I, I'm really taking kind of the, the political machine and applying it to book selling, and that's really what it is. Because then, when that book comes out, it, that I know exactly where I'm going to be on March 31st when that book is released. I'm going to be all over the internet. I'm going to be, and and, and you just keep pounding, 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 and you keep pounding for weeks and months to come. You you can't stop.
0: Fantastic. Mark, you've given us a lot of great information. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your new book, when it will be available, your website, and your conference, and then we'll wrap it up. Sure, sure.
1: Um, Website is thesaleshunter.com. That's my website. And my new book is A Mind for Sales. Now, for instance, you, if you go to the website right now, there's nothing on it about the book because, again, we're waiting for a couple of weeks and then boom, it, all, it all flips. But A Mind for Sales is the new book, and it's really about helping the non – I don't want to say the non-salesperson. Well, yeah, the non-salesperson become very good at selling. We walk people through what is it – how do you get the right mindset because so many sales are lost because we just don't have the right mindset. So I'm going to go through how do you set up Monday? How do you set up Sunday? How do you win each day? How do you create that real communication cadence to be able to communicate with customers? So, I'll walk people through that. The conference we do is called OutboundConference.com. And it's May 5th through the 8th this year. Uh, Victor Antonio, Jeb Blunt, Anthony Ianorino, and myself were the four people that put it on, but we bring in a host of other people. And unlike any other sales conference, There's no selling from the stage. Wait a a sales conference. We don't sell. Yeah. Yeah. We don't sell from the stage. We do not sell. Period. Because we want to provide you with content. Uh, But that is a really a cool, fun event um, to hang out at. May 5th through the 8th. Outboundconference.com. Great. Thank you
0: very much, Mark. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.